Thank you guys for once again joining us for our Romans reading plan. We're in day 20. We're on day 21. I believe it is Romans. That's the book we're reading. It is Romans 11, chapter 11, verses 25 through 36. And we have none other than Dixie Lovett, our director of women's ministry. Dixie, welcome. Thank you, Robert. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here. I know you're excited to be here doing this today in this very moment. I really am. Uh, It's my first time to ever do a podcast, so uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, it's going to be great. You're fantastic. You you speak in front of people, and the only person you're speaking in front of right now is me, and I can edit whatever you say. So there's no pressure. Comfort zone there. You should be comfortable. Before we get into it, I've been asking our uh, staff, uh, those who've been helping us out with the podcast, to tell me and all of the listeners a little bit about um, their family. So tell us about your family. I will. I have a husband, Mickey Lovett. We have been married in August. It'll be 40 years. We have three daughters, uh, Meredith Crouch and Jessica Duckworth and Madeline Langridge. And amongst all of them, we have eight grandchildren. Um, Our Sons-in-laws, two of them are in the Marine Corps in North Carolina, so we're very proud and thankful for uh, their service, but that's given us a new perspective on life, too, what it's like to have military folks in the family. So anyway. I bet. Yeah. We're very thankful. 40 years. Yeah, 40 40 years. years. Congratulations. It's a long time, isn't it? That is. It doesn't seem like it, though, so that's the positive thing. Yeah. Well, you know, that's beautiful. We enjoy each other's Do you have any uh, any, one-liner word of advice for someone that... Uh, is looking to have the success that you and Mickey have had? Mm, well, for me, it's not a problem, but talk it out. Talk it it's out. It's one thing. And yeah. uh, just laugh, you know, yeah. and trust the Lord above all else. Well, thank you for that. Yep. And thank you for reading today. You want to go ahead and take us into sure Romans chapter 11, verses 25 through 36. All Dixie? Right. I'm going to start at 25. My heading uh, in my Bible, which is the ESV version, says the mystery of Israel's salvation. And starting in verse 35, lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery. Brothers, a personal hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel may be saved as written. A couple of things stood out to me in that little passage. First of all, is we had just talked about in the the previous verses about the the Gentiles being grafted in, and he didn't want them to be proud of that. And he's once again saying, don't be wise in your own sight, but be aware of the mystery. So my first question is, what is the mystery? What What is he talking about here? What's the mystery? Well, the mystery defined by Webster is a hidden thing or something that you can't understand. But in this passage, it's not necessarily referring to some puzzling or diff- something difficult to grasp, but for something that was previously hidden, but now has been revealed. And that's what he talking about um and here is the same mystery he this is a mystery because once again he does not want the gentiles to be thinking more highly of themselves that they ought um, we have three parts of this mystery here one of which is in regards to the salvation um, because the majority of the israel had been hardened and during all of this time of israel's hearts being hardened the gentiles were being saved and then in the very end 
the Lord is going to uh, bring Israel back into the fold, into salvation. So he's doing a new work for the future to have all of Israel saved. And um, just like in John chapter 4, Jesus tells a Samaritan woman uh, that salvation is from the Jews, and this is what it's speaking to here. And then in Hebrews 8, we learn uh, Jesus is telling about the new covenant that happens and that we have salvation of Israel by a new covenant, not like from their fathers, which was things about priesthoods and temples and ceremonies, but in an effort to keep the promise to their fathers, they will hear of a salvation. Um Going on a little bit further and talking about the hardening, um, that's always been a confusing thing for me about how can someone's heart heart get hard and what does that mean? And here it's defined as a blindness or stubbornness. Other places in Scripture, it might mean uh, being calloused. Uh, it might be a dull perception or just plain old stubbornness. And um, Paul speaks to the Gentiles in Ephesians 4 that their hearts were darkened to understanding and they were alienated from the life of God because of their hardness of heart. But then it goes on in verse 26 and it says, This whole mystery happens so that all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Well, that deliverer they're talking about here or that he's talking about is Jesus. And then this covenant is the covenant of grace. That's what he's wanting the Israelites to understand. In verse 28, as regards to the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but as regards to election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. And here, once again, he's saying, they're enemies to you Gentiles, they're enemies now, so you can be brought in. But in the end, I'm going to keep the promise to their forefathers, and they will be brought back in. He's strictly speaking of salvation. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you at one time were disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they may also know and receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. So in speaking through um, all of this and some of the things that we can pull out of this, the Jews in God's timing will be taken in. And after all the Jews are taken in, um, they will be taken in. And this isn't because God needs them primarily, but it's for God to show his grace, for them to understand the grace of salvation, because they don't understand that now. They're still in all of their ceremonies and going to the temples, all of their rituals that we are familiar with from the Old Testament. And then... Um, this restoration of Israel that is spoken about in 32, it says that uh, God consigned all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. So the restoration of Israel is not to those former ways, but to the new way, to the belief in Christ as the Messiah, who they crucified, and so that they can be incorporated into church, into the Christian community, and be one with the Gentiles under Christ. And when um, I was reading about that, I was reminded in Galatians 3, I think starting in verse 26, it says, For Christ Jesus you were all sons of God through faith, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ but have on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then 
all are Abraham's offspring and your heirs to the promise. So once again, I think this is that mystery, the mystery that we don't really totally understand, but it has to do with salvation for all people, regardless of whether you're Jew or Greek. And then, you know, um, Paul is very smart. He's a smart man. He's well-versed in scriptures, has a lot of knowledge. But at verse 33, he kind of changes things a little bit, and it's full of awe and adoration. And really and truly, it's about God's sovereignty in his ability to say, I don't really totally get all of this, but God is God. And here's what he says. Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has been given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. So, you know, to look at that, I look at the word inscrutable. That's one of the things that I always have to do when I'm studying the Bible. Um, I've often said my vocabulary is not very broad, so when I see words that I don't totally understand, I look them up and get that meaning. And inscrutable simply means impossible to understand or interpret. So here, right off the bat, he's telling about how deep the riches are in the wisdom of God and how inscrutable are his ways. It's impossible for us to completely understand and interpret his ways. And Paul a man of great knowledge and wisdom is saying, I don't even totally get this here. And then um, the depth that was referred to um, is that depth of the riches of this salvation. Um, and in 1 Peter 1, I think it's verse 12, when they're talking about salvation here, he talks about how even the angels long to look into that. The angels themselves even long to understand it. And, you know, I can't help... Um, but to go through something that um, a verse always comes to mind, and it's really helped me in lots of times when there's things that I don't understand in my own thinking, that the God's working mysteries in my own life, but there's something that always gives me a peace, and I believe this is what uh, Paul is hinting to here when he's saying, you know, oh, the depths. I mean, it's so much that we cannot grasp it. And I'm reminded in Isaiah 55, and it starts really in verse 6, but I'm going to start here at verse 8, and this is what the Lord says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So that always gives me a peace to know that regardless of what my mind can understand, and as Paul is exclaiming, exclaiming here, the Lord is the Lord of all, and He knows, and we can have a peace in that. But overall, by faith, and by salvation in the grace of Jesus Christ, the Israelites will be brought back into the fold. And that's primarily what um, Paul is trying to tell us here in this passage. Well done, Dixie. Great job. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Was that as bad as you thought it was going to be? It really wasn't. But, you know, I appreciate the challenge. I'm just going to tell you um, because there's parts of Romans that I know very well and there's parts that I don't know very well. And this was one that I had to really do some studying on. But uh, the good thing is, is for anybody that's listening, if I can get in there and dig it and figure it out, then so can you. So, yeah. And, and yeah. if you're there this far in the journey with us, they're yeah, in. That's right. They're, they're in. in. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.